You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Simon Waltorton. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 27 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and with me in my garden this week is Simon Waltorton, my co-host. Hello, Simon. Hello, Carlos. And how's Simon today? Yes, uh, good. It's uh, rather muggy, a little bit overcast, but it's still uh, really warm. We're having a fabulous uh, summer weather-wise, and um, we're out on your in your courtyard, if I can say that. Yeah, it's a kind of courtyard uh, garden. No grass. No grass here, Simon, no, so no, uh, no hay fever issues at all. Well, a few uh, pollen uh, issues of all the plants and everything hanging around. And uh, we have uh, overrun with flies outside here and um, <laughs> wasps and uh, any other uh, insects. But they are paraphernalia. They're, they're flying creatures, so I suppose, um, beings they've got wings, we've got to be uh, a bit more sympathetic to them. Yes, apart from wasps, which are, I don't know the reason why they're here, and uh, just to annoy us, as you said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> if any listeners have any uh, ideas as to why wasps are actually um, on, this earth. on this earth, please do uh, email us, let us know. So as we record uh, today's episode then, it is the 1st of August. 1st of August. And uh, it's Friday. Yes. And it's quarter to two in the afternoon. Yes. And uh, we've got quite a bit to get through today. We've also got uh, the bits and pieces we had from Farnborough Air Show as well uh, to get on the show. We've got a couple of interviews from Farnborough we've done. Yes. And uh, our review of Farnborough, which was yes. awesome and it's on. We yes. enjoyed that. And uh, usual news. What, what have you got, Simon? You've got some bits and pieces. Yes, um, got the new pilots for the 2015 uh, Red Arrows display uh, season, um, which is three new pilots. Um, we've got some news of a, a Sea Fury, um, which one of our correspondents, David Harris, um, sent us a uh, message about, and we'll give you more information on that uh, later. Um, that was a wheels-up landing, um, but luckily everything... Uh, pilot-wise was okay. The uh, aircraft will be repaired. Um, the Super Constellation, the Spanish Harrier, the Textron takeoff, the Lancaster from Canada, which is linking up with the BBMF. So uh, the A380 tour, um, which I, I enjoyed the first time, and um, yeah, so and all the uh, up-and-coming air shows. So we've got a lot to do and get through. So uh, shall we get cracking? Yes, we'll get cracking as we always do with the show at the beginning. We're going to start off with a weekly rundown of the news. From around the world, UK airports as well, and the UK airlines and aviation news. So if you're ready, Simon. Yep, let's take off. Let's take off. So starting us off then uh, this week with uh, news, we've got uh, some news on the Business Traveller site. This is uh, regarding British Airways. And they're to start their 380 service to Washington in October this year, the, on with the Airbus A380. He'll be flying between London Heathrow and Washington Duels early in October this year. Uh, from the second, to be precise. And uh, they'll operate the Super Jumbo five times a week. And a Boeing 747 will ply the route on Tuesdays and Wednesdays during that period. From October the 26th, flights BA216 and BA217 will run daily. However, there will be no service by the A380 or otherwise on November the 27th and 28th. 
Outbound flight BA217 departs London Heathrow at 11.15 to land in Washington at 25 past two local time. British Airways had originally scheduled its Washington Super Jumbo service to start in September and uh, the carrier had first rostered the route uh, onto its Los Angeles route in September last year. It now flies the aircraft twice daily to LAX and uh, daily to Hong Kong and six times weekly to Johannesburg. From October the 28th, it will launch a three times weekly super jumbo service to Singapore. So uh, a good service then from yes. uh, BA, Simon, yes. to Washington. Yes, um, uh, five days a week, um, keeping the old uh, 747 uh, slotted in uh, two days a week, which is um, quite interesting. Uh, I don't know what the uh, idea of that is, but um, perhaps this, um, the aircraft is on other routes. Um, perhaps they're going to f- uh, gradually phase the uh, 747-400 out over a course for the next few years. Yes. I think they've, uh, they're going to replace quite a few of those with the 380 yes um, because of the, the uh, capacity that the 380 yes. has yeah. on certain routes hopefully that can uh, bring the prices down because you can carry quite a few more uh, passengers so yeah have you flew into Washington Simon? Uh, yes once oh, well. um, but we were delayed because um, uh, President Bush at the time uh, was making a uh, takeoff and Air Force One was in the uh, area so everything was cancelled or Grand delayed yeah so you've been... I haven't actually flown anywhere in, in the States, so I can't pass uh, oh, any judgment at all. But it's, um, it's, it's, quite, come. it's quite interesting and um, enjoyable. Um, lots of uh, co-chairs and double co-chairs and treble co-chairs and quadruple and uh, from one flight uh, and uh, such a, an array of aircraft and loads of little regional aircraft. The CRJ-700 regional jet and... Um, the Dash Q400, uh, to name but a few, um, the Airbus A320, 321s, 319s, um, loads of prop aircraft, SkyWest, Continental, uh, Northwest, uh, you name it. There's, there's so many little uh, aircraft. Busy aircraft. Yes. Airport, yeah. um, and what was the other one? The Southwest, uh, they're another popular one as well. So, yeah, there's uh, loads of uh, mini airlines out in uh, the States and loads of uh, other aircraft and internal flights which uh, sway masses of uh, hundreds and thousands of miles across the uh, vast um, state of America, uh, which is enjoyable to see. So next piece of news then, moving on, business traveller site again. Ryanair are adding five new Manchester routes uh, uh, this winter, including one to Shannon. Uh, The Irish carrier will uh, commence services to Barcelona, Lisbon, Fuerteventura, and Gran Canaria, taking its total number of Manchester routes to 24. It will fly daily to Shannon, twice daily to Fuerteventura and Gran Canaria, and thrice daily to Barcelona, and four times daily to Lisbon. The airline is also increasing frequencies from Manchester to Madrid, Riga <coughs> and Rome. Maria Macken, Ryanair's sales and marketing manager, said that Ryanair is pleased to extend the Manchester 2014 winter schedule to 24 routes with a new daily service to and from Shannon, in addition to four other new routes to Barcelona, Fuerteventura, Gran Canaria and Lisbon, with extra frequencies to Madrid, as we said, Riga and Rome. From last, uh, last month, Ryanair announced it will carry over five summer routes from Shannon this winter. And uh, that was announced uh, this week. So uh, loads more routes from uh, Manchester for Ryanair. I mean, Ryanair are stacking up these routes, Simon. Yes. They they fly 
pretty much most airports in the UK to uh, to most airports around Europe. Yes, really now. yeah, and uh, and most of the uh, flights they do are not just once or twice a day, but um, quite, quite uh, frequent. So you can fit a lot of uh, flights into one day, every single day, which is good. Um, so it gives uh, passengers a sort of a, a variation and a choice of uh, times they wish to fly. So that's good news. That's good news. That's also competition as well for uh, for its competitor EasyJet. Yes. Next piece of news: then, buying business travel site. This one: uh, Emirates are to stop flights over Iraq. Uh, Dubai-based airline Emirates is to stop flying over Iraq due to fears of a militant attack similar to the one that brought down the MH17 Malaysia Airlines triple seven. The airline's president and CEO Tim Clark told the Times that Emirates flights would be rerouted on uh, to other flight paths to avoid the possibility of an attack by surface-to-air missiles from Iraqi militants. Clark said that the MH17 crash in the Ukraine has changed everything and he believes that other airlines that use the Iraqi airspace will soon follow suit and reroute their flights. This is a political animal, but uh, the fact of the matter is MH17 changed everything and that was very nearly in European airspace, Clark said in an interview. Emirates currency currently makes up the largest number of more than 50 flights a day that travel in and out of British airports and across Iraqi airspace, which is one of the main flight corridors linking Europe with Asia. Clark said that the change in policy will take effect over the next 10 days and expects other airlines to follow suit after the loss of flight MH17 was attributed to a surface-to-air missile. Emirates is considering alternative routes uh, such as across Saudi Arabia and the Red Sea and up over Cairo and into European airspace. This journey would add up to 45 minutes to flight times. Uh, But in the wake of MH17, uh, Clark called for an international summit to discuss whether changes (coughs) needed to be made with regards to flight paths over war zones. So this is something we've read uh, quite a bit in the news over the last few days, haven't we, Simon? Yes, um, and uh, can I also uh, confirm, uh, give you a, an update on this, uh, which um, saw yesterday and today, that um, uh, we've got Air France and Virgin uh, have also added to this list, which have uh, got the information up here. Yes, we have this, um, another piece of news related to that, as Simon was saying, that... Uh, Air France, Virgin as well, have um, um, taken the approach to not fly over uh, Iraq. Um, This is obviously, as we said, all due to what happened to (coughs) MH17. And, um, well, it's it's a good move, I think. Yes. I mean, uh, for the 45 minutes it's going to add on to flights, it's 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 safety at the end of the day. Yes, it is. And uh, the safety is paramount of uh, all the uh, flight crew and all of um, passengers uh, travelling on that airline. So I think it's a good idea. 45 minutes, I know. Um, hopefully it won't push the price of the uh, airfares up. And uh, they will sort of try and re- sort of get that money back some other way. Um, but hopefully the prices of the flights won't go up. Um, but if you do, like me and Carlos, look on the flight track and flight radar... Um, maps now, you can see that aircraft um, don't go over the Ukraine area where um, MH17 was brought down. They go round it. And also now they're going to be doing the same in Iraq. Um, I don't exactly know if there's any other places in the possible world that this could happen, but um, I'm sure um, 
there will be, and uh, these uh, we will uh, talk about in the coming uh, shows. Yes, so next piece of news, Business Traveller site again, uh, for all you football fans who uh, enjoy flying, me and Simon not included because we don't have any interest at all in football, uh, British Airways will be um, will air football highlights and popular TV show Soccer AM on all its long-haul flights from next month. Starting uh, in, well, starting actually now, we're in August now, starting uh, towards the mid, uh, mid-term of August, they'll uh, host a weekly programme, Premier League goals, showing highlights from England's top uh, fight 2014-15 season. It will also screen the 30-minute uh, Saturday cable show, Soccer AM, each week on its flights. Both highlight programmes will be available in the sports section of BA's in-flight entertainment system. The airline will also introduce the new Red Bull Sports Channel, which uh, will launch on board in September. This channel will feature archive sports programming footage, uh, ranging from freestyle motocross, mountain biking, surfing, to underground cave explorations. Richard Cruz, BA's flight entertainment manager, said that we aim to cater for all sports fans with our extensive range of popular programmes. Now we offer more choice than ever and from action sports to the nation's favourite sports showing on-board aircraft. The Premier League is one of the most respected and followed football leagues, and wherever you go in the world, whatever language people speak, they've all heard of Manchester United, Arsenal and Liverpool and Chelsea, and all the big teams, and we expect this to be a huge hit on-board the aircraft. Last month it emerged that BA is trialling a high-tech blanket, that monitors brainwaves and changes colour to show when the passengers are at their most relaxed in the sky. That's quite a good one, Simon. We didn't pick up on that one before. Colour-changing blanket for uh, to, to sample your mood on an aircraft. Yes. <laughs> Need that, on a, uh, especially on a, on a late flight. Yes, yeah. That would be good for the cabin crew to see whether you're annoyed or yes. angry. Next piece of news then, ANA, Al Nippon Airways of Japan, have received their first Boeing 787-900 Dreamliner. And uh, the aircraft uh, manufacturer delivered, Boeing, delivered the stretch Dreamliner to the Japanese carrier in Tokyo. And Al Nippon Airways will next month become the first airline to operate the stretch 787-900 series Dreamliner on a scheduled route. ANA now has 29 787s in its fleet, more than any other airline in the world, and was the launch customer for the Dreamliner, having ordered a total of 80 aircraft, including 36 787-8s, 28 of which have already been delivered, and 44 787-900s. Osamu Shinobi, ANA's president and CEO, said the 787 Dreamliner is a key element in our growth and strategy, and we are proud to be the first airline to fly both models of the 787 family. The new 787-900 series will build on the exceptional efficiency of the 800 and will allow us to meet growing demand that is anticipated ahead of the 2020 Tokyo Summer Olympics. ANA's 787-9 has become fitted with 395 seats. It is thought that this aircraft may have nine across seating in economy, although this has not been confirmed yet. The 787-9 will begin operating on domestic routes from uh, this month before ANA plans to introduce the aircraft on international services in April 2015. ANA has more, uh, 29 more 787-9s on order um, with commitments for 14 more. 
And early this month, as me and Simon reported on an early show, Air New Zealand became the first airline to take delivery of the 7879. And uh, they're going to deploy the aircraft on their Auckland to Perth route from October the 15th this year. And then they'll use uh, their nine on the Shanghai to Tokyo flight. So Al Nippon then, uh, Simon, they had uh, they had some teething troubles with their 787 at the beginning, didn't they? The, yes, uh, but the I think battery we, issues with that. Yeah, I think um, it's all calmed down now. We haven't heard anything lately touch uh, wood, but no. uh, the uh, 900 version of the Dreamliner looks um, a little bit more up to date and everything. Uh, so hopefully... Uh, 395, that's quite a lot. Uh, yes. Good capacity, really, isn't it, for, for that? Good air, yeah, it's a good yeah. uh, capacity aircraft. Yes. Next piece of news, then, uh, Simon's getting excited about this bit. It's on the uh, Gazette Live site. This one is uh, historic aircraft to make flying visit to Durham Tees Valley Airport. The Avro Lancaster bomber will come to Durham Tees Valley Airport on August the 28th. One of the most historic aircraft in the world will be making a flying visit to Durham Tees Valley Airport and the Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum's Avro Lancaster bomber, one of only two still flying, will be heading to Teesside Soil this month. The bomber is named after pilot officer Andrew Minarski, who flew the Canadian Royal Air Force from Durham Tees Valley Airport, then known as RAF Middleton St George. He was posthumously awarded the Victoria Cross after giving his life while attempting to save a colleague when their Lancaster was shot down in 1944. The Canadian Lancaster is due to arrive at the airport on Thursday, August the 28th, and there will be a programme of events to mark the occasion. Sean Woods, airport manager, said we are enormously proud to host this visit and I know that the organisers from the Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum see this as one of the highlights of the Lancaster tour given our unique connection with the Royal Canadian Air Force and, of course, Andrew Minarski, who stu- uh, whose statue stands outside the St George Hotel. He added that obviously the Lancaster will be the star of the show, but we will be organising many other events and attractions, including displays from aircraft, classic cars, emergency service vehicles with refreshments available throughout the day. The event will run from 11am till 6pm and there'll be a fly past at 3pm. Visitors passes costing £10, which will allow four people to enter and include the car park as well. So if you visit uh, the website www.dtva, that's Delta Tango Victor uh, Alpha, Alpha. <laughs> uk forward slash Lancaster Minarski, and uh, you can book those from Monday the 4th of August, which is this coming Monday. Yes, and uh, also uh, the uh, Lancaster from Canada is, uh, we're going to be talking about that later on the show, but I think it's due over in the next few days if it isn't already... Uh, uh, approaching the uh, UK shores anyway. But I do know that it should be here in the next few days if, like I said, it's not already here. So We've seen that a few times this year so far, haven't we? What, the um, Lancaster? Uh, yes, from the BBMF. Um, <laughs> I'll be looking forward to seeing the Canadian Lancaster and ho- hopefully, fingers crossed, we should see um, at least two or three times this year that both the um, uh, Lancaster's flying in formation with the Hurricane and Spitfire, and uh, that'd be lovely to have the Dakota as well. So all those aircraft flying together would be fabulous. So fingers crossed. It's here for two months. Um, so uh, fingers crossed, and uh, we'll talk more about that shortly. So next piece of news then, Travel Mole, the uh, Dreamliner, to operate on all Thompson long-haul flights. 
So Thomson's Airways has announced that all its long-haul flights for the rest of this summer will be all be on the 787 Dreamliner. Thomson was the first UK airline to operate the 787 Dreamliner a year ago. Its fleet of 787s has since completed 2,500 flights carrying over 670,000 customers operating from Manchester, Glasgow, Gatwick and East Midlands airports to all of Thompson's long-haul destinations, including Jamaica, Phuket in Thailand, and new for this May as well was Mexico's Pacific Coast and Mauritius. It's said the arrival of the Dreamliner has been a big hit with customers, receiving 96% rating as their flight was good or excellent. The Thompson 787 Dreamliner was uh, last week expanded to uh, its UK operations with flights from Newcastle, Birmingham and Edinburgh meaning the airline now operates the aircraft from all seven of its long-haul bases. Thompson Airways Managing Director John Murphy said the Dreamliner has certainly lived up to its promise to revolutionise long-haul travel and as a major milestone in the journey of modernising the holiday experience. Feedback from both customers and crew has been extremely positive and we're delighted to be further expanding the fleet so all of our long-haul customers can enjoy the 787 Dreamliner experience this summer. Thompson will take delivery of a further two aircraft uh, next summer, bringing its fleet to eight. And from this winter, the in-flight entertainment will be upgraded to include a wider choice of films updated on a monthly basis and complimentary drink services will be provided in economy. So um, definitely uh, one that I'm going to be hoping to try and get on at some point. Yes, Um, because you haven't uh, been on the Dreamliner yet, have you? No, I haven't. Neither no, have I. No. Uh, I can actually say I've been on the A380 now. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't flown that. on it, but I'm looking forward to uh, one day, fingers crossed. We'll, we'll, cut, we'll touch on that subject later, Simon. He's excited about talking about that, so we'll, we'll bring that soon. So Thompson News again then, <laughs> Mail Online. And um, this is something I picked up before we start the show. Passenger charged after cracking airliner window with single punch at 35,000 feet on board a flight from Florida to the UK. (coughs) So Nicholas Whitaker has been charged over the incident on board the flight Thomson Airways plane, which was travelling over Ireland from Florida. Officers arrested the 43-year-old at Manchester Airport. The pilot of the Thomson Airways flight TOM145 radioed a message to police at Manchester Airport after the window cracked as the plane travelled at around 35,000 feet over Ireland. Officers went to the gate and arrested the uh, Nicholas Whitaker, 43, from Ashton-under-Lyme before he disembarked. The drama happened at about 5.30am as the Boeing 787 Dreamliner was coming to the end of its flight from Sanford Airport in Florida on May the 25th. It's understood it was approaching the coast of Ireland when the incident is said to have happened. Nobody was injured. The aircraft was packed with families returning from Manchester, or returning to Manchester from holidays in Florida, with many having enjoyed trips to Disneyland in uh, World in Orlando, Florida. Um, he's due to appear before Trafford Magistrates Courts uh, next week on August the 11th. And aviation experts say passengers are only in jeopardy if both the inner and outer pane of an aircraft window are breached. It's understood that only the inner pane was cracked. To break the inner pane is difficult and to break the outer pane is almost impossible. If it did happen, the cabin would decompress and essentially everything would be sucked out of the aircraft. 
Thompson Airways had declined to comment on the matter in detail because of the criminal charges, but added, we do have a zero-tolerance approach on all aircraft and passenger safety is of our paramount uh, priority. Wow. That's uh, something you wouldn't want to see whilst um, sitting across your aisle from... uh, Definitely not. Um, uh, I'd be uh, quite petrified if I knew someone smashed a glass of an aircraft... Uh, sitting close by because, like you said, everything once they're smashed, everything just gets sucked out. It's a lot of massive, especially at that height as well. Yes. Thirty-five thousand feet yeah. is quite high up to be um, breaking windows. Yeah, and um, we've actually there has been times in the past where people have been sucked out of the uh, aircraft, so that is quite scary to think of. Hmm. Well, hopefully he'll be dealt with appropriately. Yes, yes. Just, uh, yeah. banned from, he should be banned from banned flying. From, yeah, that's, for, that's for right. life. You know, it's just hmm. crazy. So moving on then, next piece of news, BBC News uh, from Scotland, uh, Orkney and Shetland. This one, uh, me and Simon found before we start the show, pretty uh, uh, interesting photograph um, that uh, I'll have to stick, um, if I remember to stick it on the show notes on our website. Because uh, it's quite an interesting picture, this one, Simon, isn't it? Of the, yes, uh, yes it This is. one is uh, a ground crew uh, fixing uh, the landing gear on a hovering <coughs> helicopter. Uh, the landing gear of a helicopter had to be lowered by hand by ground staff as it landed at Aberdeen Airport. The CHC helicopter was flying into Aberdeen with 16 passengers and two crew on board when an indicator light came on signalling an undercarriage issue. The ground crew stepped in and manually deployed the landing gear as the helicopter hovered uh, just a few feet from the ground. An image of the ground crew working on the helicopter was posted on the Facebook page, the Rig, wor- rig, work- uh, rig Workers Rant. And uh, a spokeswoman for CHC Helicopters said that Tuesday's flight landed normally after the repair and commended the crew for the uh, way the incident was handed, uh, handled and dealt with safely. So that picture, Simon, that's quite, quite a stunning picture, really. Yes. Well, we'll... we'll Put this on the uh, we'll put this on the site on the show notes for you to see. Yes. But literally, the picture shows the helicopter hovering. What you say, son? Six feet, four, five feet? Yeah, five to six feet off the ground, and mm. uh, the uh, rear wheels uh, gear are down, and they're working on the front uh, wheel. But that is um, a pretty good idea. If you've got problems with the um, gear um, landing gear for a helicopter, that at least they can hover. You can see he's in the hover mode because. Uh, the rotors are literally um, at, angled up uh, into the hover mode, um, so uh, they can do any work. And uh, you've got two guys here working on the uh, wheels, and then there's one guy uh, just sort of keeping an eye uh, close by. Um, I take it he was uh, sort of one of the uh, fire crew or flight crew. It's quite a, quite an amazing picture, though, Simon. Yes. But, uh, but at um... least with any helicopter, you can <laughs> do the repair while it's in hover mode. I was say it must w- have been quite daunting with all that draft uh, from the rotor blades and the uh, noise from the uh, en- helicopter engine, but um, they managed to get it down safely. Yes, that's, that's something you couldn't do with a fixed-wing aircraft, Simon. No. Fix a landing gear, <coughs> unless you were driving a very fast car. Yes, no, I have, <laughs> seen, I have seen someone uh, drive a van before, or a car and pull down the other undercarriage and lock it in a place um, on a runway. So that ha- is possible, but um, with a helicopter... bit easier with a helicopter. Uh, with a helicopter, like you say, it's a bit easier because of the hover mode. So next piece of uh, news then. Some more Thompson news, actually. We seem to be very Thompson intense on this yes. uh, news segment this, uh, this, this week. Uh, this is something t- uh, Simon brought up uh, when he got here today. Um, have you heard about this? No, I haven't. 
Uh, apparently, uh, this is on the uh, BBC News Scotland site, and uh, apparently a woman uh, threw a prosthetic leg at a Thompson Airways cabin crew. The uh, Edinburgh-bound plane had to be diverted to Gatwick Airport uh, after a woman allegedly became abusive and threw her prosthetic ca- uh, leg at cabin crew. Sussex police said the 48-year-old woman from Edinburgh began swearing blue murder and throwing food at staff on the Thompson Airways flight. The captain then diverted the plane, which was flying from uh, or flying uh, uh, from Tunisia, and the woman was arrested by police at the North Terminal on Wednesday night. She was taken to Crawley Police Station, where she was questioned by officers on suspicion of a threatening behaviour. The flight was diverted into Gatwick after it was alleged that the woman had been abusive and, as we said, thrown her prosthetic leg at cabin crew. In a statement, Thompson Airways said that uh, they would like to apologise to passengers for the diversion into Gatwick Airport of flight TOM297, travelling from Enfidia, Tunisia, to Edinburgh on July the 30th. Unfortunately, a passenger became uh, disruptive on board and, uh, as a last resort, the captain decided to divert the flight to Gatwick. Upon landing, the aircraft was met by medical police or local police, and uh, the passenger was removed for questioning. Thompson Airways, as we said, operates a zero tolerance policy in regards to any disruptive behaviour on board, and incidents of this type are extremely rare. So the picture there shows Simon that shows a seven five seven two hundred on there. Yes, um, but not something you expect to see every time you fly on an aircraft. Really, someone no. removing a leg and throwing it. There's been a lot of uh, incidents uh, regarding aircraft in the last few weeks, hasn't there? Um, internally and externally. So, uh, have to excuse the noise there from uh, the Hoover that's uh, currently just been turned on in the house by uh, by our cleaner. I'm just trying to think what sort of <laughs> aircraft that sounds like. <laughs> Well, it's not a Harrier. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> which we saw a few weeks ago. We did, we did see the Harrier. The Spanish Harrier. Yes, we did. And that was exciting. So the last piece of news then we're going to touch on this week is uh, regarding Iberia. And uh, Iberia has secured a deal for new long-haul aircraft. International Airlines Group IAG is to convert eight Airbus A350-900 aircraft options into firm orders and has secured uh, an order for eight A330-200s for Iberia. The fuel-efficient aircraft will replace the 16 A340s in Iberia's long-haul fleet and will be delivered between 2015 and 2020. IAG has said that it secured uh, commercial teams or terms for the A350 aircraft, each worth $285 million as part of a group long-haul order announced in 2013 in April. The eight A330s will be obtained by either converting existing options from an Airbus order in 2011 or from the operating leases depending on financial and delivery times. IAG Chief Executive Willie Walsh said today, Iberia has taken significant steps to restructure its business and the progress made so far means that we can bring new long-haul aircraft into the airline's fleet. These orders demonstrate our commitment to make Iberia competitive. Both aircraft will provide cost efficiencies and environmental benefits enabling Iberia to replace its long-haul fleet with modern and more fuel-efficient aircraft. The new technology and improved aerodynamics will lower the fuel burn and CO2 emissions per seat by 18%, as well as providing both noise and NOx performance advantages. 
Retaining an all-Airbus long-haul fleet will also generate cost savings in maintenance and crewing. The Spanish carrier currently has 33 aircraft in its long-haul fleet. It's a good call there, Simon. It's good you spotted that one. It's always good to hear about uh, Iberia because they were they did have some some trouble, didn't they? They yes. were in a spot of bother. Yes, yeah. Um, but uh, they're replacing the three forties, oh Simon. Um, I I have to say I don't think they're one of Airbus's greatest, you know, uh, aircraft. aircraft. The A three forty. I don't. You know, it didn't seem to do like as the, well. Uh, I like the A three forty six hundred. I've been on them, uh, which mm. is the stretch version of that, and uh, I really enjoy flying them. Uh, lovely uh, aircraft. Um, I think because of its four engines, I think it it didn't do as well as say the three thirty did. Yes. Um, I just think uh, you know it's uh, it's it's not one of Airbus's most popular airliners. No, no. But um, I flew on uh, one with Virgin Atlantic and uh, a few times, and uh, and uh, I find it uh, quite a nice aircraft um, and very smooth as well. So. You could really class it, I suppose, as an updated version of a seven Boeing seven hundred seven, couldn't you? Really, <laughs> slightly, uh, slightly longer and wider with yes. newer engines. I sp- yeah, yeah. yeah. But it looks similar to that, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. So we're going to leave the news for that for this week, and uh, we're going to come back with you after this with some more news for uh, from Simon's perspective from military and air show stuff, and we're also going to have a rundown from Farnborough to tell you how we got on there with our interviews as well. And uh, we'll also have our In Focus Aircraft of the Week, uh, yes. as chosen by our listeners on Facebook. Uh, so we're going to come back to you after this. Don't forget, you too can contact the show and leave your messages for Simon and Carlos. Contact them via their website at www.plaintalkinguk.com or email them at plaintalkinguk at hotmail.com send them your messages they really want to hear from you aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines well not anymore i'm steve visher and i'm grant mccarran and we're bringing aviation right into your radio Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Crash, crash, turn that down. Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at planecrazydownunder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there we oh. go. <laughs> right then, so uh, we've got we're back then, and uh, Simon uh, has got his uh, military aviation segment to bring to you. So, uh, if you're ready, Simon. Uh, yes, I'm just going to look at the screen here. Um, I'll get my uh, pieces up. Um, oh, you so should be ready, Simon. What you I like? I should be. I should be. <laughs> Do you, want, do you want me to do that for you, Yeah, Simon? just do that. There we I'm, go. Uh, way in the clouds there. There we go. Right, so, okay. The... <laughs> oh, thanks for that, Auntie. You're just... Uh, this is uh, one of our live broadcasters, is, yeah. normal, and uh, we've got one of the other family members, uh, which has uh, just made a contribution to uh, our podcast. 
Yeah, we'd, yeah, we'd like to welcome uh, welcome onto the show my auntie uh, Lou. She's uh, she's just in the kitchen at the moment cleaning. She's, a, she's cleaning an avid uh, aircraft uh, enthusiast and uh, loves plane spotting and uh, sometimes uh, goes out and uh, and watches aircraft. The door's been shut. The door's been shut now. She's she's, she's gone away. We've scared her. Away. We've flown her away. <laughs> she's we've scared we've scared her off. She's disappeared. So uh, we're going to have Simon's segment uh, next, if you're ready, Simon. Yeah. Right, let's take it away. So with his military aviation and air show news, hand you over to Simon. Thanks very much, Carlos. Um, yeah, the first bit of uh, air show um, and uh, air show season news is regarding the Red Arrows, um, and this was uh, uh, posted on the 28th of July 2014, a few days ago, with uh, the three new pilots um, which are joining the uh, Red Arrows for uh, the 2015 display season which will be their 51st season. Um, now, I did actually see these pilots on the uh, programme the other evening, uh, Sunday, um, actually, uh, while they're in training. Now, I have seen these guys. They are they are actually now uh, flying and, or transiting with uh, the Red Arrows um, on their displays. And um, obviously not when the circus is there, but uh, they are travelling in the back of the spare aircraft as well, Red 10. Um, but they, are, they do follow a... Um, one of the guys the uh, who will be flying with them um, for that the rest of the season um, just to get a feel of what it's like to be in the Hawk and the display team because it's quite uh, intense and a lot different to a normal flying. And the guys' um, recruits include pilots with experience of operations in Afghanistan and Iraq. Right, the uh, guys is Flight Lieutenant Thomas Bold, Flight Lieutenant Michael Bowden and Flight Lieutenant Emmett Cox will begin training with the Red Arrows later this year, uh, ready to display as part of the next season's nine-strong team. As a public face of the Royal Air Force, the Red Arrows assist with recruiting into service, contribute to defence uh, diplomacy and support wider national interests by representing the United Kingdom and its industry. Based at RAF Scampton in Lincolnshire, the team uses a BAE Systems Hawk T1 jet, with Squadron being famous for its trademark Diamond 9 formation. Red Arrow pilots stay for three years and are selected following a grueling process that involves test flights, um, interviews and other exercises. Flight Lieutenant Bowden, 33, will, uh, was raised in Newport, South Wales and is a graduate of the Cardiff University. Joined the Royal Air Force in 2002 after being posted uh, to two <coughs> excuse me, AC squadron at RAF Marham. He completed... Um, Two operational tours in Afghanistan flying the Tornado GR4. The former member of the University of Wales Air Squadron said, I have always had a uh, passion uh, for pure flying and the Red Arrows hold the top trump card in the arena. The team demonstrate the absolute pinnacle of uh, flying ability and the desire to be part of that uh, team has been uh, there since uh, a small boy and has grown over the years, of, uh, over the years as I've grown on. Um, the Red, uh, Red Arrows uh, stand out, uh, respect Dan Bass for the Royal Air Force and the UK as a whole, both at home and abroad. In terms of recruitment tool, surely the team is second to none. Uh, it's a reason I applied uh, that never ca- um, gave up. 
it's such a huge privilege to think that uh, I can be part of the team and uh, they have an inf- influence on uh, my future, on our future generation. To apply for the Red Arrows, the Royal Air Force pilots need to have at least 1,500 fast jet flying hours to have completed a frontline tour and assisted, assessed <coughs> above average in their flying role. Once they have uh, finished their three-year uh, tour with the team, the pilots return to frontline uh, action uh, and uh, staff duties. So, yeah, that'll um, uh, obviously uh, every year they're going to be replaced. And Flight Lieutenant Bold said the pursuit of his excellence and reputation for the highest standards first attracted him to the idea of flying with the Red Arrows. He was born in Bradford, uh, West Yorkshire, and attending uh, Woodgrove uh, School before studying at Manchester University and a member of the Manchester and Salford University Air Squadron. The 32-year-old joined the Royal Air Force in 2005 and was a Takano uh, display pilot uh, in 2010 and was selected to fly the Typhoon multi-role aircraft combat combat aircraft. He was also posted to uh, one squadron uh, during his frontline tour and uh, several deployments to the Falkland Islands as well as exercises in Malaysia and the United Arab Emirates. So... um, we're getting uh, all the pilots uh, ready for the new season. And Flight Lieutenant Cox, 35, was educated at Long Bay College in Auckland, New Zealand, before studying at the city's university. He emigrated to the UK in 2001 and joined the Royal Air Force, Air Force a year later. <coughs> Following training, Flight Lieutenant Cox was posted to RAF Lossiemouth to fly the Tornado GR4, a member of 617 Squadron, which is, uh, as we all know, is the Dam Busters. He flew missions over Iraq. In 2010, he was chosen to become a qualified flying instructor and returned to 72 uh, Squadron to fly the Takano. He said, uh, there are many aspects that have inspired me to join the Red Arrows, but uh, one th- the biggest thing, simply uh, flying, is the flying. The type of uh, flying does, does, uh, the team does is uh, like no other, and I consider it the pinnacle of uh, aviation. Uh, so... Uh, they're all getting ready. Um, so these guys, they're going to replace um, uh, three, of the pilots. three of the pilots from this display season. <coughs> we've just seen yes. one of them being Mike Child, who we interviewed yes. at uh, Riyadh, yes. didn't we? And uh, Perty, um, the gingerhead guy, he'll be replaced as well. And we'll have the um, red one, uh, which is Jim Turner. He, his uh, replacement hasn't been uh, announced yet, but that will be announced in the coming uh, months. So these guys are going to be training hard now, uh, all the displays, and uh, yes. I'm guessing they're going, to have, they're going to have to have some really intense training. Yes. Do you think they'll go back to Cyprus for that, Simon? Yes, uh, as uh, ev- all, all being well, um, Cyprus is their uh, training uh, for the winter, and they get um, five to uh, six sorties uh, a day, because um, the weather is perfect uh, normally, but uh, watching the programme the other night, they had some rain, had to cancel a lot of their flights, uh, the season uh, just gone uh, which was at the um, beginning of the year. Um, <coughs> so, uh, yeah, normally the Cyprus Secretary is their um, place where they do their training. <coughs> so ho- hopefully uh, we'll be able to uh, possibly interview one of those guys next year at uh, Riyadh 2015. Yeah, yes, and uh, keep your eyes open because uh, you will see them in their green flying suits. Um, they won't be in the blues, um, so you will uh, recognise them, but I have actually seen them uh, already in the uh, uh, aircraft Um so, yeah. Right, the next uh, piece of news is, um, <clears throat> I think this is regarding the uh, A400M. 
Uh, number 45 Squadron uh, from RAF Cranwell in Lincolnshire made a flying visit to air bus defence and space uh, in Seville, uh, Spain, to see progress being made of the Atlas on the Atlas A400M programme. The RAF's first Atlas, MSN015, uh, is currently on the final assembly uh, line uh, and is shortly due to make its first maiden flight. Be painted with the RAF markings and roundels and scheduled to be delivered to its new home at RAF Bryce Norton in the autumn of this year. So uh, that'll be uh, something uh, all our listeners uh, around the RAF Bryce Norton area, if you keep your eyes um, <coughs> peeled, you will actually um, see this aircraft and we will keep you updated of when, uh, hopefully, when it arrives or will be arriving into RAF Bryce Norton. But they are quite a familiar sight now um, around the UK because... We have um, had Farnborough, Airshow and uh, Riyadh, so uh, there has been uh, the odd foo flying about and um, they will become more of a sight uh, over the UK in the coming uh, months and years. Uh, the next piece of news is uh, the F-35B successfully keep, completes its wet run and crosswind testing. Um, this aircraft was one of the ones we were supposed to see at Farnborough and Riyadh. But never... we, missed, we missed them both. <clears throat> yes, uh, but they had a model there, um, which was interesting, uh, which was very busy. Um, we didn't actually uh, go up to it, um, but it's such a shame that uh, we missed seeing it over here flying. Um, and I'm sure in the coming years we will hopefully see it flying at another air show sometime soon. <coughs> Right, uh, so try the, there, Simon. Yes, uh, this uh, weather. Take, take a glass of water, <coughs> and let's go. We're sitting out here because it's uh, so warm outside. Yes. So, next piece of news, then, Simon, is about the F thirty five, as you said, uh, doing its wet runway and crosswind testing. You got your voice back there, Simon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the testing is uh, critical uh, to two uh, B flight software fleet uh, um, fleet release, and uh, the Marine Corps said. Uh, J.D. Uh, McFarlane, uh, Lockheed's Vice President for the F-35 test and verification. Collectively, the results support clearing the 20-knot crosswind envelope for conventional takeoffs and landings and short takeoffs and uh, short landings uh, with ideal handling, quality ratings and the meaningful improvement over, over legacy fourth-generation fighter aircraft. So it's uh, quite um, a vigorous uh, testing uh, programme they're doing on this and... Uh, uh, as we all know, it's called the Lightning II uh, Generation Fighter. It combi- Fifth Generation Fighter. Yes, yeah. it combines advanced low uh, observation stealth technology uh, with fight speed and agility, fully fused sensor information. So it's quite a complex and. Um, uh, so it says that the three <coughs> distinct variants of the F thirty five Simon will replace the A ten, the F sixteen um, for the US Air Force, and the FA eighteen for the US Navy and the AV-8B Harrier for the U.S. Marine Corps. So it's going to replace. It's going to be a replacement for quite a few aircraft. Yes, and um, for us, uh, the Tornado is going to replace... If, uh, this aircraft is replacing the Tornado as well. So, um, yeah, it's quite, quite interesting uh, story. The next uh, piece of uh, information we've got is the U.S. Army uh, qualifies the AH-64E Apaches for deck landings. Wow. So um, the, that picture looks awesome. Simon. It does. It looks as though it's got a, like a, a little uh, uh, heli deck on the <laughs> side. On, the, add on to the yeah. runway on, on the flight deck. <coughs> well, of it, the that's camera. what it looks like, doesn't it? And obviously, you've got your safety catch net around it. Um, so in case uh, anything uh, goes over, <coughs> it does uh, actually have that. And uh, most of um, the uh, 
flight um, areas uh, for helicopter landing on, on ships uh, do have that as well. So um, the E variant of the Rotor aircraft that signed the service's first armed reconnaissance battalion, 25th Aviation Regiment, qualified during the Navy's rim of the Pacific exercise on the coast of Hawaii on the 19th of July. The aircraft are normally based at Fort Carson, Colorado. Um, attaining the qualification will allow the uh, Army to uh, land its AH-64Es on uh, USN ships to refuel and uh, um, rearm, rearm, as uh, well as uh, opening up the range of operations for rotor aircraft can conduct. So um, that's handy having these on because um, obviously yeah, most aircraft carriers just have. Uh, the Super Stallions or the yes. sort of aircraft like yes. that, or standard fixed-wing aircraft. But you've got an extra backup having the Apache because it's such an awesome uh, piece of uh, technology and uh, it's very uh, stealthy and uh, and can creep up and is ideal for um, for, for going to sea uh, because you do have a lot of um, pirates out at sea um, in certain areas of the world, don't you? I, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't want to uh, want to be a uh, pirate... <coughs> Um, in a in a in a in a boat, a speedboat with an Apache chasing me. No, fully um, loaded. Fully up. Fully loaded up. I definitely would not want to see that. Uh, me and Simon, uh, we we interviewed one of the Apache pilots at uh, Duxford. Yes, he was, on, um, he was on. He was on transfer over from Australia, um, and um, on an exchange. So uh, that was uh, quite interesting. Um, we had a nice chat with him. It's one of our previous podcasts. Right, the next piece of uh, news is the. Uh, Aircraft crashes on the runway at Royal Navy Air Day. Uh, this happened in Cole Drew's Air Day at Cornwall. And uh, thanks to David Harris, as I said earlier, uh, for giving us a heads up on this. Uh, he texted us last night to uh, say he uh, actually took some photos of and footage of this um, aircraft landing. So um, had sort of like an explosion on the right undercarriage and he must have uh, lost either hydraulics or, or part of the engine. Um, so... We've uh, just seen the footage uh, just a little while ago and uh, the aircraft um, made a landing and come to a quick, abrupt halt, which was uh, good, wasn't it? Uh, the pilot of the Royal Navy, Sea Fury, uh, Lieutenant uh, Commander Chris, uh, got uh, walked away uninjured. Uh, eyewitnesses reported that the aircraft appeared to lose power and made an emergency landing. The final flying displays at RF Coldrow's were stopped after the crash. The Royal Navy said the investigation process has been initiated. The aircraft from the Royal Navy Historic Flight at Yilverton is now sitting just off the runway, cordoned off and surrounded by fire appliances. So um, looking at this footage um, and when we saw it, uh, the left uh, gear <coughs> undercarriage looked fully um, fully down, but it was just the right um, undercarriage that was um, sort of wasn't... Uh, fully down and uh, that, that created the problem so it's uh, such a shame but uh, at least the pilot guy um, with no injuries and yeah, he the, walked away from the aircraft didn't yes he? and then we can get this um, they can get this aircraft uh, back in the hangar after the investigations have been completed um, get this um, prop uh, replaced and um, a new prop on the sea uh, fury is a lovely aircraft yes it is and uh, once we get the uh, prop repaired and all the underside <coughs> give that a That'll give that a final test and should get that back in the air. Uh, fingers crossed for next air show season. I wouldn't have thought I'd be flying anymore this year because um, there's quite intense amount of wear, damage uh, done to that prop and uh, the underside of the aircraft and obviously the landing gear. So that's all got to be checked and uh, gone over. 
and um, nothing will be uh, allowed to start until the investigations have been complete on, into why this crashed. So, Simon, uh, that's all the uh, military bits of news. You've got some uh, <coughs> air show news, so haven't you? Yes, so, um, yes. We've um, got a few uh, uh, things, and we've got some stuff to talk about uh, regarding uh, our, uh, the aircraft that we saw um, at uh, Farnborough, which were good. Um, but I'll give you the information uh, regarding the air shows uh, in the coming August, because um, it's the 2nd of August today. We've got the military flying machines, and that is uh, uh, Dams uh, Hall, Essex. And the uh, postcode for that is RM142TN. And uh, London's premier military vehicle show featuring flying displays. So that is one air show. Uh, we've got East Kirby, Lincolnshire. They've got um, an air show as well. And um, that is uh, limited to 4,000 tickets. And the postcode for that is PE234ED. Now, on the 3rd of uh, August, which is tomorrow. Uh, no, it's no, it's Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, yeah. It's Sunday. Uh, that's the 3rd. It's tomorrow, isn't it? No, it's the 1st today, Simon. Are you sure it's the 1st today? Yeah, I'm positive. It's yeah. Friday the 1st Oh, you of told August. me it was the 2nd. No, though. you said it was the 2nd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you Simon's heads in the clouds, I think. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, Tibbenham, uh, Tibbenham uh, Air Show is um, the gliding uh, club, and they're hosting celebrating the aviation history, classic cars, and military vehicles. And the postcode for that is NR161NT. That's local to us. That one, yes, Tibbenham that is. Yes. Tibbenham Norfolk. Yes, and then the third of August Sunday is the Munford. Uh, Lifeboat Fun Day, um, and they've got all the RNLI stuff going on there, and also um, uh, some flying things as well. And then uh, what else have we got? Uh, a World War One centenary comm- commemoration event, um, and then there's numerous other issues. The Bristol uh, Balloon Festival, Newcastle uh, of Flight, um, and the Shuttleworth uh, First World War uh commemoration air show at Old Warden Bedfordshire which is SG189EP um, but Shuttleworth they've got a, is that the Shuttleworth <coughs> collection yes they've it is yes museum. I've never actually been there mm. it's a good place to go and obviously we've got the Blackpool air show but hopefully I'll uh, be giving you another um, or we'll be giving you another podcast soon um, but their postcode is FY14BJ um, that is a great air show and if you do Go to that. The red arrows land at Blackpool Airport. Now, if you stand at the end of the runway on the dunes, which you need to run up quite high, I've done that with my children before many a times, and you can see the reds, they come right over the top of you, which is great when they've uh, displayed at uh, the Isle of Man and also uh, gone to Ireland. Um, and the 16th and 17th of August is the Red Bull Air Races. Um, I've seen this one advertised. It's yes, really on, awesome. Yes, on a... I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that maybe I'll go there. But um, we'll play this by ear and see what happens. Um, but it could be uh, one I'm maybe visiting. And um, uh, that is the air show news for now. Um, I'll give you the updates because there's so many air shows. We're right in amongst the air, air show season. Um, so we're going to come back um, after this with our rundown of Farnborough. So. Uh, if you're ready to uh, to run run up with the Farnborough up or the Farnborough news, I'm going to play a little sound clip that I think you might like, Simon. 
Christ, that was low flying, Simon. Yes. Uh, <laughs> now, let me guess what aircraft was. The A380, I take it. Uh, well, yes. Funnily enough, talking about that, Simon, what um, what did you enjoy most about the uh, Farm uh, Brent National uh, oh Show Oh, God, there was, there, were, there was a few disappointments, um, and you must probably agree with me on this, and uh, I wasn't told you found out at a later time that our um, press passes actually covered us um, for a lot longer. Yeah, we could have gone to the show during the week. Um, obviously, uh, work commitments meant we couldn't really go during the week. So we only attended Farnborough on the Sunday. So we but we ha- still had a good time, though. Yes, we did. Uh, a really enjoyable time. And uh, we missed the A3... 50. 350. Yeah, the Dreamliner. Uh, yeah, we missed that because they flew out on the Thursday. They flew yes. back Qatar's ones. Yes, but, but uh, uh, I did manage to get on the flight deck of the three hundred and fifty set uh, mock up of the Airbus um, Airbus stands. That yes, was quite good. I was uh, busy up in the press um, enclosure uh, watching the Red Arrows and uh, getting ready for the Super Constellation, which was another good thing. Um, you will have to look at our Facebook page and uh, our page. We've got some lovely uh, shots of the Reds uh, on the taxiway at um, uh, Farnborough, uh, which I uh, enjoyed uh, very much. Um, there so many nice highlights, really. That was a good day. The weather was good. And uh, it uh, stayed nice and clear. Uh, actually, the sun got out during the afternoon, and it was really hot when it, Simon. It was uh, such a nice hot day. Simon's, um, Simon, there's aircraft flying over here all the time. Yes, yeah, honestly, it's not, uh, 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 looks uh, like he's uh, never seen one before. Oh, no, I'm just glad know. it's not a 380. Yes, you can probably oh, no. hear the. Uh, now what is that? Let me go to, just bear with us a second. I'm going to have to get up and see what this is. I'll, I'll continue uh, talking anyway while, while Simon's. There we go. Sounds like a Hercules, Simon. It's <laughs> a prop aircraft. No, it's a little uh, tiny prop aircraft and uh, it must be heading towards Norwich Airport. That's the master of doing an outside recording during uh, during the day. You get yes. the aircraft flying yes. over. So, um, so, yeah, like we were saying, uh, we got there a good time. We had uh, a good walk through the static aircraft. Yes. We met, up, we met up with uh, our friend uh, David Harris, um, our encyclopedia, if we can uh, say that, um, which was uh, fun. We met him uh, just as we... Uh, Got on there, or were waiting on the train. That timed in, tied in quite well, didn't it? That he got on the same uh, uh, bus as us at the railway station. Yeah, and, and we had a, a free park and ride service, which took us straight to uh, to the air show. Yes, and we and we didn't uh, have long queue. We were near enough straight through, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. We uh, uh, fast we track through, through, fast track through. Um, yeah. And then uh, once we got through the gates, I think the first thing we sort of come across was uh, all the selection of uh, helicopters, uh, which were. That was the first sort of area and port of call, and we just sort of got ourselves settled in. Um, obviously, being my first time there, <coughs> I really enjoyed it. And uh, anybody uh, in the future goes, because <coughs> it's every two years, if I yeah. correct Next one wrong. will be 2016. Yes. Um, it is an enjoyable day out, and there is lots to do and see. Um, but I'd strongly recommend, if you can, go on a, a weekday. I know it's not meant for public uh, during the week, but... Um, just turn up, obviously, uh, nearby and watch the aircraft because you get a lot more. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, There's loads of unexpected aircraft uh, there. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed queuing. <laughs> I didn't care how long I was queuing, but we queued up for the, for A3- the Airbus A380. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we had the uh, Airbus A400M beside it, um, mm. which was good. And they both displayed. And um, the uh, one 
A380 that they did have there. It was a test bed aircraft, so obviously uh, you'll see yeah, the photos. The original um, one that was. <clears throat> yes, the photos that are, um, we've got from inside it actually just show uh, a, a few mini seat configurations. Uh, also, um, it's lots of uh, water tanks uh, and ballast in the aircraft. So it is a test aircraft, but um, he gave us a well, uh, a very impressive uh, display, didn't he, Carlos? He did, yeah. The, uh, uh, well, they always do. Yes. Um, you were quite amazed, really, at some of the uh, uh, aerobatic-type um, movements, the A380 did. Yes, um, you'd think that the way he was flying, it was a small... Uh, fighter jet. <laughs> fighter jet or something, <laughs> he was throwing that about, but it was impressive. And um, watching him pull up and uh, power the aircraft and... Uh, do the go rounds and uh, come in and uh, low passes on the runway. It was really uh, mm. fascinating and enjoy uh, so enjoyable to watch. And uh, obviously the A400M that was uh, great as well. So, so one of the, one of the aircraft that I saw my first time uh, seeing this aircraft. Simon seen it before, but I haven't seen it before. And I got to see it fly at farm, but it was uh, Constellation, the Super Constellation, yes, the um, Breitling. Yes, uh, um, that's a lovely aircraft. That's really old. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance because there's so much going on. We nearly had a chance to get on board and interview the pilots, but hopefully in the coming uh, years, um, while this is still flying, we will actually uh, get a chance to um, actually fly uh, on this sometime because they do pleasure flights and uh, interview the the. Uh, the pilots, because I've actually spoke to them uh, many a times before. We did actually see the uh, Textron, uh, which uh, we, we interviewed the test pilot, test pilot yeah, at, Don Parker, uh, yeah. Um We actually saw him departing uh, the UK, didn't we? I think he must have been transiting back to the US. Yeah, yeah, we saw um, him because I thought he was going to display and come back and just do a display. But that at least we have the proof. And at least we can say we've seen it in the air. Although oh, yeah, it was just definitely. a takeoff, but it was quite an impressive uh, takeoff that he'd done. And um, it was uh, quite fast, wasn't it? It was good to see that aircraft. Because, <coughs> like Simon said, we only saw that aircraft statically at Riyadh. Uh, we didn't see it fly. So it was good to see that aircraft fly yes. um, fly <coughs> out of Farnborough. Yes. And um, another aircraft, which is sadly missed by... Um, all of us here in the UK is the Harrier, but this uh, one that was flying is the uh, was the Spanish Harrier. Now they have, um, I think it was a Sea Harrier, but they have still have um, numerous fleet of uh, Harriers. There was two there at the show, and um, it was uh, really enjoyable to see. He'd done an absolutely stunning display. Um, obviously, uh, all the usual stuff, the uh, hover, the takeoff landings, um, which were close by. So that was really enjoyable. And um, uh, and uh, it brought back a lot of uh, great memories of uh, when the uh, Harriers uh, used to be in the uh, uh, UK uh, defence sort of That was quite uh, a few team. years ago, that was, Simon. Yes, which is a shame. Uh, they're all uh, gone now. Um, but it was nice to see that uh, Spanish Harrier flying uh, in the UK airspace, uh, which was quite um, enjoyable to watch. I say quite. It was very enjoyable to watch. Um, so that was a bit different for me. There's a lot of um, sort of private jets uh, flying in and out of uh, Farnborough with, uh, obviously, people who are buying uh, aircraft and uh, private business people. So... Um, Yes, uh, that was enjoyable. Because um, not, only, not only is Farnborough an air show, is it, Simon? It's also uh, a, a week-long um, look at and buy yes, of aircraft yes, by all the manufacturers. Like a shop. Uh, it's uh, a shop. And um, also, 
um, a lot of people don't know this, the uh, Farnborough is used for re- reassembling uh, crashed aircraft. And I believe the flight... Uh, data recorders. Yeah, data recorders yeah, have uh, gone there. Um, and they still haven't recovered all the uh, uh, bodies for that, um, from that, because of the uh, war zone uh, where it actually shot down. And But they are hoping to get a lot of parts of that aircraft back to Farnborough to put together to get an idea of what actually... Um, um, what sort of bomb or missile brought this down? So, uh, which is such a shame. But, but Farnborough, Simon, that was uh, your first time. My second time. Yes, there. and uh, uh, the highlight. Wait, can't wait till the next one. No, the highlight for me was the Super Constellation, mm. the Harrier. Yeah. Um, obviously the Textron, and the A380. Um, and uh, obviously you loved the, it on board, there, didn't you, Simon? Yes, I did. I could have <laughs> stayed on there, but they. Uh, the good thing about it was. You weren't allowed to... St- well, I said the good thing about it was you didn't have to queue long. The queue was massive, but you didn't have to queue long. But having said that, the good thing about it is the vast amount of people that were queuing to get on had a, an experience on the aircraft, and um, it was quite uh, nice uh, to actually get up the steps, get on the aircraft. Um, we didn't actually get a chance to look in the cockpit, did we? No, no, we didn't. Uh, unfortunately, had that bit... Uh cordoned off yes um but uh, we had a look upstairs yes, and then uh, yes. it was nice to get the feel of going around the steps at the the sort of spiral staircase if you at the rear of the, the aircraft uh, the rear yeah. of the aircraft yeah. and uh, it wasn't until i come downstairs that you then realize that you've got t- two um levels which is mm. um very uh, different to normal aircraft but it's quite interesting as well Simon's, Simon was uh, quite amazed at the amount of test equipment and computers yes. and the cabling. <coughs> yes, Simon, yes. All the cable. We, I picked up and took loads of photos. I don't, can't remember how many hundred thousand miles of cable. It may seem daft, but there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles of cable in there. And for one of them cables not to be correct... <laughs> is uh, means that that aircraft cannot and will not fly. I so. mean, some of that, some of those bu- uh, bunches of cables on the uh, floor of the A380 upstairs were were w- bigger bigger than my arm, Wide, were, wider than my arm. Yeah, I um, think they were about huge. the size of a thigh. <laughs> um, and there wasn't just one uh, actual cable uh, rim of cable. There was cables everywhere, and it's good to get an in-depth look of underneath the skin of the internal. Uh, layout of configuration of the aircraft so so we did get uh, we managed to get two uh, interviews at Farnborough on the Sunday and uh, I managed to uh, managed to grab um, David Velupilay uh, which I hope I've sp- uh, said that right pronounced that right David Velupier. he's the marketing director of customer affairs at Airbus and uh, he very kindly uh, uh, allowed me to uh, interview him sitting on the mock-up flight deck of the A350XWB, which they had in the Airbus, uh, on the Airbus stand inside. And uh, we're going to play that interview for you now. OK, then, so you join us uh, here at the Farnborough International Air Show, then. And uh, I've been very privileged, indeed, to be allowed to... Uh, sit in the mock-up of uh, flight deck of the Airbus uh, A350 and uh, we're inside here in the uh, in the uh, warm uh, dry confines of the uh, display from Airbus here. Uh, the weather outside is not too bad, it's been really good today but uh, I am here with David Valupilde. Okay and David so what's uh, what's your position within the Airbus group? Then? I'm one of the marketing directors at Airbus. 
Okay, and your job that uh, the job entails itself, what do you actually do uh, in that position? Well, I do a variety of things. My role here at the show is to be on hand and to present some of the things we're showing, such as this new A350 cockpit and the wider seating that Airbus aircraft offer their passengers. So what are the, some of the new, the, the bigger innovations then uh, which are coming on with the A350? Well, the A350, which we've been showing for the first time here at Farnborough, is the latest member of the world's most modern aircraft family. From an airline point of view, it gives companies a 25% reduction in the fuel consumption per passenger. So that's particularly important in today's world of high fuel prices. And for passengers like the A320 family at Airbus, like the A380 family at Airbus, it will offer you a one inch wider seat in economy. Excellent. Uh, what, uh, what other innovations in the aircraft itself? Is there any the engines or anything different at all or the actual uh, flight deck we're sitting on here? We're sitting here in a mock-up of the A350 cockpit and what we've done at Airbus because we have this very modern aircraft family is introduce one common cockpit that is in all the Airbus aircraft we make today. So the A320 family, the A330, A340 family and the A350 family and 380 family. What that means is that the arrangement of the instruments, the controls, the displays is the same in all of the aircraft. The way that it flies, the way that it handles to the pilot is basically very similar and the actions that pilots take, the procedures such as when they might shut down a, a pump are also the same. What that does is reduce the training time and that makes it easier for a pilot to switch from one Airbus aircraft to another, which they would typically do several times during their career. And it also reduces the time. So that's a big saving for the airlines as well as it making it easier for the pilot to make that switch. Excellent. Your launch customer for the A350 is, if I'm right, Qatar Airways. Um, uh, uh, I think they're at the show, they are at the show this weekend. Yes, we, we have about 800 orders for the A350 family. Uh, the aircraft is currently in flight testing. Uh, we, we have five aircraft in the flight test program. We're looking to achieve certification in the coming months and to start delivering to airlines, Qatar being the first, before the end of this year. Uh, are there any other uh, big airlines in Europe uh, who've ordered the A350? Yes, the A350 has been ordered by more than 30 airlines around the world. Including British Airways? Uh, including British Airways. Excellent. Um, have you had any orders as well? Because uh, one of Airbus's biggest uh, customers uh, we were just talking about earlier was uh, the A380, and that was for Emirates. Have you had some orders from Emirates as well? Yes, Emirates was an early customer for the uh, A350. It's since revisited its strategy. But uh, the aircraft has done extremely well. We're able to cover quite a large part of the market with a single aircraft family in three different sizes. And that's interesting for the airlines because airlines would rather have fewer aircraft types in their fleet because that provides them with savings in, in how they run their operation. Fuel, the fuel savings as well, a most important thing for airlines. Um, the actual uh, engine uh, types for this, uh, the A350, is there going to be uh, a few options of uh, engines for this type? 
At the moment, we're just offering Rolls-Royce engines on the A350, but you're right, engines are a really important uh, element for an aircraft, uh, especially for airlines, which are focused on what the economics of an airliner will do for them. And here at the show, we have also announced the launch of a new version of the A330 with the latest engines from Rolls-Royce. So that's going to, together with a few other aerodynamic improvements, reduce the fuel burn by about 14% per seat. So we will continue to introduce new aircraft which are more economical and which will also give you a wider seat, uh, even in economy. Yeah, something we've covered in our previous shows um, is uh, the, the new engine options for the Airbus, uh, uh, Airbus the, the A320neo. Um, the fuel savings and stuff that, that it obviously will provide for the customers obviously makes the Airbus product quite, uh, quite a, a, good, a, you know, a good investment, I think, for a lot of the airlines, especially ones which have a larger fleet of aircraft, such as the Airbus. Um, so how the, the future for the A350 in this, uh, is there going to be some variants of the model, like the st a stretch version or...? Yes, the version that we, <coughs> excuse me, the version that we showed here at Farnborough is the initial version, the A350-900, which seats around 300 passengers. That's the first in a family of aircraft, which will also include a stretched version, the A350-1000, and a, a slightly shorter version, the A350-800. So we can offer airlines one aircraft family in a range of sizes so that they can best match the aircraft to any given route and the demand on that route. Excellent. I must say, sitting here on this uh, mock-up flight deck, everything is, is, is really clear. Um, I think it's been very well designed, the aircraft itself. Um, everything is, and also the windows I notice as well on here, uh, the windows are, are, are quite a large window on here for viewing out from the flight deck. Um, is that a, a new feature on this aircraft? Well, one of the things that we do with our common cockpit is that we continue to innovate. We continue to embrace new technology whenever it brings a worthwhile benefit. So one of the things that we have here in this A350 cockpit is the largest ever displays on an Airbus aircraft. We've got here six identical displays and we're showing a variety of things from the primary information needed by the pilots to to fly the aircraft, to navigate the aircraft, as well as some screens that can be used to call up charts, whether it's an airways chart that help the pilots find their way around the skies, or a chart from a manual. So this is just the latest evolution of the modern Airbus cockpit. Excellent. Well, we're going to leave uh, leave uh, you to get on, uh, Dave, because I know you've been you're quite a busy chap here today. Uh, but we'd like to thank you very much indeed for uh, allowing us to come on uh, and interview you, especially uh, on here on the mock-up flight deck. Uh, we wish uh, all, all but best bright things for Airbus, and uh, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show today. Thank you. That was uh, really, really kind of David to allow us, um, especially to allow, allow us to interview while sitting in the uh, mock-up, because it was a, a full-size, real computers, everything. It was an actual you know, an actual perfect representation of the flight deck of the A350. Um, all the seats, all the monitors, everything all worked, and uh, it was uh, it was really good to see that, Simon. Yes. So the next uh, interview that uh, we got at uh, Farnborough was uh, courtesy of uh, Eurofighter, and um, uh, 
we managed to uh, get an interview with uh, one of the uh, Eurofighter pilots who uh, has a lot to do with the testing of equipment and new uh, radar systems on the Eurofighter Typhoon. Uh, Paul Smith, uh, he's the manager, capability, promotion and business winning uh, chap who works for Eurofighter. He uh, very kindly sat, we sat down in the uh, Eurofighter room in the quiet and uh, he'd done a short Q&A for us about uh, what he does and the new things that are coming up for the Eurofighter Typhoon. So we're going to play that for you now. Okay then, so you joined me for a, another segment in the show then. Uh, we're here at the Farnborough International Air Show 2014 and uh, I'm very lucky indeed to be uh, sitting in the Eurofighter Typhoon uh, area here and I'm with uh, Paul Smith. And uh, Paul Smith, uh, what is your job within the uh, Typhoon squad here? Hello, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the capability manager. So primarily I, uh, I look at uh, future upgrades for the jet and try and make sure that those are going to deliver the maximum capability and value for money. Excellent. And uh, you're obviously, uh, you've uh, got a past, uh, we've been talking before the uh, before we start recording, you've got obviously an RAF background uh, pilot with the Thai food and that. Uh, so your role at the moment then, the role that you do now, you uh, you obviously you, you look at all the systems and stuff that they're uh, designing for the aircraft. Yeah, indeed. So as we said, uh, 23 years with the Royal Air Force until I left just over six months ago, uh, flying Tornado F3 and uh, more recently Typhoon. And... Uh, I primarily look at future upgrades and uh, new weapons integration, new software, uh, in particular, what's, what, as I was saying, we just uh, got a new radar, uh, a new ele- electronically scanned radar, the CAPTA-E. So we're really excited about that and uh, the integration of Meteor, Brimstone and Storm Shadow that uh, is ongoing on the jet at the moment. Excellent. So we're, we're sitting actually just across uh, from the display of the new radar. Um, yeah, obviously, you can't go into huge amounts of detail, I expect, but uh, what are the differences between this radar and the, the ones that are used now? Yeah, I mean, Typhoon's got a, a mechanically scanned radar at the moment, so when it's scanning around the... Uh when it's scanning around the uh, the skies, it actually moves mechanically, so that uh, changes the uh, slows down how quickly it can look from from left to right. This is an electronically scanned radar, and it's got a bigger field of view, so it combines the speed of electronically scanning with the field of view of a mechanically scanned radar. It means I can look wider, and it revolutionises my tactics, and it will give the uh, Typhoon pilots who fly this a real advantage in air combat. Excellent. And you also sang, as well, there's been a few other developments as well um, over the last few weeks um, for the Eurofighter Typhoon. Yeah, so just this week, uh, the UK signed a contract for the integration of Storm Shadow. Uh, some, uh, some people will be familiar with that. It's the bunker-busting uh, long-range cruise missile that the Tornado uses currently, and it was used uh, to great effect in uh, the Iraq war. So that's going to come onto Typhoon, so a great weapon for the jet. And at the same time, we're integrating the Meteor, new long-range missile. At the moment, we're flying AMRAAM, and that's uh, the premier American missile. But this Meteor is a European missile. It's got ranges well in excess of AMRAM. And again, if you ally that with the performance of Typhoon and the new radar, that's going to give us a combat edge over any potential adversaries out there and uh, make sure our guys stay on top of the game. Excellent. So you're saying you're based in Munich and uh, you've been over there for quite some time? Yeah, just, uh, just about eight months since I left the RF, I've moved over to Munich. A uh, lot of travelling with the job, travelling around with Eurofighter, uh, different air shows and, uh, and to different campaigns. But living out in Munich, a little bit different to uh, what I was used to in the RAF. Excellent. So the job you do now, you obviously love the job you do now. Uh, you say saying earlier you don't do so much flying now as you did do in the RAF, but uh, you still have uh, some, a fairly sort of large amount of hands-on uh, work with the aircraft itself. 
Yeah, so uh, working here primarily with a simulator, so uh, demonstrating the new capabilities, but I've kept my medical category and uh, I jump into Typhoon from time to time to make sure I stay relevant and, uh, and current in terms of the capabilities that are coming up. And uh, just join the uh, Air Experience flight as well. So the odd weekend I head back to the UK and take Air Cadets flying in the Tudor Light aircraft, which is a lot of fun. Oh, I'll bet that is, yeah. Is, uh, that's just purely for the Air Cadets, is it, that uh, particular tour that you do? Yeah, so that's uh, the it's the Air Experience flights of Royal Air Force uh, 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 squadrons, and they're set up for Air Cadets and also for university students who are tr uh, looking to join the RAF. And it's to give them an experience of military flying, so aerobatic type flying, uh, navigation, formation skills. Uh, you know, really an introduction to to the military ethos of, of flying light aircraft to move on then later on to the you know the more high powered aircraft. Excellent. So, Paul. Uh uh, what's the future hold then for yourself and where do you see it? what do you see yourself doing in uh, in the future well there's a million dollar question <laughs> uh, having just joined Eurofighter more of the same initially uh, it's been uh, it's been quite good to switch from the military to the civilian world some uh, some changes to make but as as we discussed earlier I'm still working a lot with military customers so um, not he not even not complete change uh, for the future yeah I think uh, getting more involved in the future upgrades of Typhoon and, uh, and just making sure that the jets really stays at the top of, uh, of, of capabilities in terms of being the premier sort of swing role fighter out there at the moment. Excellent, excellent. Uh, well, uh, we're going to uh, leave that part of the show. And thanks a lot, Paul, for your time today. Uh, we're, uh, we'll have this segment on uh, next week's show, so you'll be able to listen to yourself on there. Um, but uh, no, thanks very much for your time, Paul, and um, we'll let you get on with the show. All right, thanks, Cole. Nice to see you. Thank you. That was awesome, uh, Simon, being able to interview Paul. He had some uh, some great info on the, on the new systems that are being integrated into the Eurofighter, which yes. is really interesting to listen to. Yes. And they even had a mock-up as well of uh, the new radar system as well in there, which was all moving and, and stuff. It was great to see and uh, great to listen to. So me and Simon had a really good day there. Like, like we said, we saw some awesome aircraft. And um, also uh, there was a few other extra aircraft the Catalina was there yes um, which we saw and uh, they also had a, a flight of Dakota the DC-3 yes didn't we, we, as well, saw, which, we uh, saw them uh, as we were sort of uh, leaving uh, the area didn't we yeah we saw those um, they were then uh, taking taxiing uh, to take off it was quite um, interesting and um, it was an enjoyable day out really thoroughly enjoyed it um, the weather did hold for us yeah uh, for the duration um, which was good um, just a shame that um, there didn't seem to be as many aircraft there as no on normal years. No, I mean, on the years, I say to Simon, there, there's, there was a, quite a lot more static aircraft on display on previous years. But uh, nevertheless, still a fantastic show. Uh, big thanks to the uh, media team as well Yes, uh, for allowing us to have uh, the media accreditation for the show, which was very handy. It was nice to have a base... Um, to meet up at, uh, yes. owing, uh, being as our, our mobile phones let us down quite, quite a bit at the show, yes. Simon. To start um, with, it was mine, <laughs> and then yours uh, decided it was it had enough as well. It just got over overloaded. Even I think though the networks we, were slightly overloaded, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though we had the Wi-Fi, it just uh, didn't work until we got out of the uh, show. And I'm finding this quite a lot, so I'm going to... Um, look into this a bit more with the uh, mobile phone uh. i think me and simon both agreed that, that uh, when we when, you, when we attend a large air show again we're going to take some walkie talkies with us yes because uh, uh, as we, we lost touch with each other yeah we did we did <laughs> we lost touch with each other for, for nearly two hours i think it was yes. and because farnborough is such a huge um area 
um, not only just the static display um, of aircraft, but also you've got the the flight line where the crowds sit and watch the yes. air show, plus the grandstands, yes. plus the marketing areas where all the companies have their yes. buildings. It's a huge area. Yes, and uh, thanks to David Harris, he actually uh, gives us a g- good heads up uh, for the area best uh, to stand, which was near the A380 and the A400M. Mm. Um, where we uh, we met up with you again, didn't we? We had our ice yep. creams and stuff. Um, so that was the best area. I must admit, if you're right down the other end of the runway, um, the view tends to be um, not so good. Mm. Um, we also, um, one thing I will mention, and I nearly forgot, uh, was the Red Barons, um, which were nine minis, the new um, shape mini, 2014 minis, um, which were actually paint all in red. With the red, um, and we're taxiing down the runway uh, to look like red arrows uh, with the uh, Royal Air Force logo. That was quite interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, that was definitely. I really enjoyed that uh, mm. watching them come down there. That was uh, something diff- a little bit different. There was uh, quite a lot of the, there was a lot of the sort of older aircraft just whizzing around the sky when they're yes. doing sort of dog fights. And, yes, um, yes. That was, that was all really good to watch them. Yes, yeah. So. Um, that is uh, about it. Obviously, I did say about the Lancaster from Canada coming over. Um, if it isn't already over here, it will be um, over here in, an, in the coming days. So just uh, Google uh, Lancaster from Canada um, in UK. Um, if you do that, Lancaster uh, from Canada coming to UK. If you just talk Google that, um, you should get some information on the uh, flight times, and there is a two-month list of their air shows that they will be flying together um, in formation, and also I know that they'll be flying at the Clacton Air Show as well. So we have had, we're just uh, checking the news feeds before we finish this show. There is some news that's only a few minutes old, yes. and uh, Delta uh, Airlines and... They're going to be retiring four of their 747-400s by the end of this year. And yes. They're restructuring their Pacific operations uh, around a gateway at Seattle-Tacoma International Airport, and they're going to be retiring four of their 747-400s. Yes. So that's a bit to say, Simon, because there are a lot of those in the boneyards already. Yes, um, uh, the 400 version, and it's not that uh, older uh, aircraft, the uh, 400 version. <clears throat> but like we said, um, I would imagine uh, a lot of the uh, those aircraft that are being retired will actually be um, either sold on to other um, lower-grade um, airline companies or the aircraft will be stripped and they will keep the spare parts for other airlines. So that is a shame, but um, time is moving on and um, obviously new aircraft do come, on a lot, come online and uh, obviously with the A350s, the A380s and the Dreamliners, this is inevitable and it's going to happen um, and will be uh, more frequent uh, as the years and the coming years come on with the, all these new aircraft. I have to say, Simon, I don't think it's I don't think it's so much the aircraft itself or or the the uh, mechanics of the aircraft as such of how good they are. I think it's, it all boils down at the end of the day now to fuel economy. Yes, how so fuel economy or you know economy economy. economy uh, of aircraft is uh, the more economic the aircraft is, and to how fly. many passengers that can, mm. they can carry on uh, one flight? Yeah, yeah. 
that's what it all boils down to. Now, I think the obviously the seven four seven is you know it's got four engines. Yes, um, the A three thirty, which can carry nearly as many people, uh, has two yes. more fuel efficient engines. Uh, two burn less than four. So it's a sad, sad uh, thing really to see the seven four sevens being retired because Delta's not the only airline that are starting to retire the seven four sevens. I've flown. You've uh, most probably flown on the seven four seven four hundred many a times as much as me. No, I haven't. No, no, I've never been on the seven four seven at all. Really? Yeah, I'm not joking. Really. The tri- TriStar, well, sorry, the A380 is the biggest aircraft I've flown on with I Emirates. can't believe you haven't been on a 747-400. I've been no. on United Airlines, Virgin Atlantic, uh, British Airways. Um, what other airlines have I been? I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, Qantas, um, Singapore Airlines. Um, and and uh, that was a good one uh, when I went to Singapore because um, I was en route to Australia. I went on the 1,000th. Uh, 747400 um, and that had the 1000 logo with the TH obviously oh, 1000 about that before um, there's a few people have flown like and th- this uh, 747400 1000th was the Megatop um, which is a large a stre- stretched uh, version of, of the um, 747400 um, and that was Singapore Airlines and it's a great aircraft and a great airline to fly on and one of the best airlines in the world I think uh, Singapore Airlines just another piece before we go. Um, well, actually, that's uh, just looking here that Boeing is uh, selecting the 757 as the next eco demonstrator. Seeing yet another aircraft, Simon, which has proved it's worth the 757. You know, they, re- they retire the aircraft, but they carry on using them for uh, other things. Yes. So and obviously, they're going to put the technology in the 757 uh, to connect. Uh, to sort of validation flights uh, in 2015, which is uh, good. So obviously people can uh, now uh, think that the 757 could have been carrying parts for a future aircraft Mm. um, and and testing, which is uh, something quite interesting. I've been on quite a few 757s. Lovely aircraft. Yes, I've been on Monarch, uh, United, Continental, um, British Airways, quite a few, so yeah. So Simon, it's about time then we bring episode 27 to a close then. Yes, what and about the, uh, uh, are you doing the um, airline pieces segment? Uh, we were, I was going to do the uh, in-focus aircraft, but we need some more votes on that. We've only got a few votes via email for the aircraft, uh, our in-focus aircraft of the week. We need some more votes for that. So if you go on to uh, Facebook, you can find us on Facebook. Just uh, search Plane Talking UK and like us on there. Um, there's, we've already, we're up to, well, how many likes have we got? We've got 123 likes yes. on Facebook. Yep. But go on to Facebook, find us on there. You'll see our In Focus Aircraft of the Week segment, which we try to run each week uh, once we get lots of votes in. This week, uh, we have got a military aircraft lineup, but they're all... Um, quite bespoke World War II jet fighters. Yes. Um, we've got the Gloucester Meteor, which is British, yes. and the Messerschmitt ME262, which is German, and the McDonald FH Phantom, which is American, and the Nakajima Kika, which is Japanese. And yep. They're all World War II jet fighters, and uh, out of those four, we want you to vote for one that you want to hear us chat about in the next show, which will be episode 28. So, uh, yeah, find us on Facebook, Plain Talking UK, and you'll see us on there. And you can vote 
on there. Don't forget to drop us an email as well. You can uh, drop us an email via our website, which is www.plaintalkinguk.com. So go on the website and uh, you can click on the contact tab there and send us uh, an email, which will come through to me and Simon, and we'll read your email out on the show. Yes, we've got Facebook, we've got emails, we've got um, Twitter. You can uh, contact us many ways. And um, after the... Uh, we've done that selection of aircraft next uh, in episode 28 once we've got the votes. I'm going to pick a selection of uh, aircraft um, that have been based in the UK. Some are still flying and um, some are now retired. And um, I think we're going to include, we're going to have the, the Hawk, uh, which is used by the Red Arrows and also as, as the Hawk trainer. We'll have the Tornado, we'll have the Jaguar, which was based at RAF Cultural, and obviously the Tornado has been based at uh, uh, Lossiemouth and also RAF Marham, and perhaps one other aircraft as well, because they are good aircraft, and perhaps uh, include the Harrier in with that as well. Oh, that'd be good to uh, include that, yeah. So Simon will, uh, Simon will let me know which ones he wants to put up uh, for the uh, next time. So don't forget to go on and vote for which aircraft you want to see. Um, our next episode we'll record in the coming week. In the coming week, it'll be sometime uh, next week. We'll record our next uh, next episode. Uh, as for air show uh, visiting uh, air shows, I will probably or I'll definitely actually definitely be at uh, the air show at Seething. Um, that's on the 7th of September, Sunday, the 7th of September at Seething Airfield. That's a charity air day as well. Uh, they raise funds for the air ambulance, and that's at Seething Airfield in Norfolk, which is just around the corner from yes. me. Yep. Um, there's some great displays in that on there. I'll be there. Uh, Simon, Simon uh, will be there. there. Maybe there. But if not, I shall be there with uh, full Plain Talking UK uh, regalia on, so you'll not be able to miss me if you're there. Um, we may possibly as well uh, venture out to uh, the Duxford Air Show on the 13th or the 14th of September at Cambridge. Uh, they've got the Duxford Air Show. It's one of the big ones of the year. Uh, with a, I've seen the actual run-up or the list of aircraft participating in the flying display yes. for this time. It's huge. Yes. Um, yeah. But Simon will bring you the news on that in the next show yes. um, about what aircraft are going to be flying there. Yes. So, for episode 27, that's all we have got time for, and we're going to leave you to, uh, to get on with your busy aviation lives now. And Simon's going to go and get, uh, get in the Super Mini and, uh, and, right, and go home. Jet off home. And jet off home, yeah, yes. and I shall continue la- or sitting here in the sun in the back garden. Uh, hopefully the uh, sound levels haven't been too... Uh, strange and peculiar for the yes. show because you haven't uh, heard too many pigeons or <laughs> wasps or or flies or, or aunties cleaning yeah. <laughs> yeah simon's just looking around he's trying to find an aircraft now <laughs> so that's it then for episode 27 thanks for listening to the plane talking uk podcast uh we enjoy bringing the show to you and uh we should be back next week with another episode from uh, so from me carlos it's a sunny and summery air show goodbye and from you, Simon? It's uh, eyes to the sky on this lovely uh, sunny uh, afternoon uh, here in uh, Suffolk. So that's it then. So goodbye, people. Bye. Bye. <laughs>